From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today is our week in review. We have that and we have other news coming up on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, September 2nd, 2022. And I slept like nine and a half hours yesterday. I walked seven miles knocking on doors, handing out lit. <laughs> and apparently the older you get, the more recovery time you need. I just was done yesterday. Anyway, let's see what's going on with those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. The time is 9.21 a.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Times. We have Bitcoin sitting at $20,171, up 0.8% in 24 Ethereum is at $1,598, up 1.8% in 24. Tether's number three, USDC's number four, and Binance is at 278, pretty much even from yesterday. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. The total market cap is even from yesterday as well, 182.7 billion. Our BTC dominance is at 39%, our F dominance is at 19.7. And I know that we're supposed to do a deeper dive into Solana today, but I reached out to Anatoly Yakovenko, who is the founder of Solana, and I asked him to come on the show to talk about it. So let's see if he replies in the next day or two, uh, because I would rather get it from the horse's mouth than just assume for myself and try to figure out for myself. So let's see if he can come on today or tomorrow, and I will have that out to you. If not, don't worry. I'm going to get you that content. Now let's get into some news. All right, going into our week in review, starting out with Monday. And on Monday, we heard that the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said that interest rates will continue to rise in order to tame inflation, leading to the crypto market's sell-off and stock market sell-off. Basically, it was a market sell-off on the news. Cardano's having a hard fork, and it's called Vasil. And that's named after Cardano evangelist and mathematician Vasil Dabov, who recently died. Charles Hoskinson, the creator of Cardano, said extensive testing is still being done, and he shared a technical detail surrounding the hard fork's progress, including a number of bugs he's aware of that needs fixing. However, he said that the hard fork will occur sometime in September, this month. We have some glaring flaws in DAO governance. So back in April, a lending and borrowing protocol called RARI was hacked for $80 million across seven different protocols. Following the $80 million exploit, the communities involved came together to hash out a response. The three options that emerged revolved around whether to make the affected users whole, not make the users whole, or propose an alternative. The community had overwhelmingly voted in favor to reimburse the affected users. Seems as though that was the decision that they were going to go with, but it wasn't. And a key contributor of the tribe DAO argued that the May vote, that won the first vote, was unclear about how the repayment would be implemented, so they had a second vote. 
Roughly a week later, they had a third vote, essentially asking the same question, should the community repay the victims? And they overwhelmingly voted against the idea, which kind of goes to like, you kept on voting until you got the answer you wanted. Moving into Tuesday, trading volume among institutional investors in crypto fell $1 billion last week. It's the second lowest all year. And this is according to a report from CoinShares. That's a 55% drop from the average trading volume for the year. Also on Tuesday, the FBI tweeted three tactics that cybercriminals use to launch attacks. The first one is initiating a flash loan. In November of 2021, an attack on the Ethereum DeFi project BZX, thieves used this tactic and made off with $55 million in digital assets. The second way is exploiting a vulnerability in the DeFi's platform's token bridge, as seen in the case for the Nomad token bridge earlier this month. And the third way is manipulating cryptocurrency prices by exploiting a series of vulnerabilities, including the use of a single price oracle, such as the case in April of 2022, and the thieves made off with $13.4 million. Tuesday, we had the aftermath of Snoop Dogg and Eminem performing at the MTV VMA Awards. Let's just say people were not impressed. Well, NFT critics were not impressed. They said things like this. The animation is barely better than what we had 25 years ago. Somebody else said, Gorillaz did this two decades ago and so much better animated. The third person replying to a subreddit said, Let me start by saying that I love Eminem as much as everyone else in the sub, but this VMA performance has honestly made me laugh of how pathetic it was. Somebody else wrote, It's 3.30 a.m. in my country, and I waited up all night for this shit. (laughs) Let's just say, it wasn't well received. Sam Bankman-Fried cleared the air on Tuesday, saying that FTX is not buying Huobi Global. Full stop. And the final notable news on Tuesday, Argentina has an inflation rate of 64% as of August. And, well, America has around an 8.5 inflation rate, which we think is high, but not 64%. So what's happening is that Argentinians are switching, buying cryptocurrency and buying U.S.-backed stablecoins so they can hold the dollar, which has a lot less inflation rate than holding their pesos. Well, in light of so many Argentinians doing this, swapping their pesos for U.S. dollar stablecoins, the federal government enacted restrictions against this activity, basically saying, hey, everybody's going to be poor. You can't try to get out of it. <laughs> I don't know. That just so, seems so like a violation of freedom, in my opinion, like restricting their ability to hedge against their inflation. Anyway, are governments hypocritical? Absolutely, because the Mendoza government sees the value in giving the residents the ability to use cryptocurrency now to pay their taxes. So they're like, hey, so you guys just spent all your pesos on cryptocurrency to go into the U.S. dollar because of less inflation, but we still want our taxes. You can't do that, by the way. You can't switch your pesos to U.S. dollar stablecoins. But if you did, you could pay your taxes with it. Wednesday was the story that broke the crypto space because I thought this was so interesting. You asked for $100 back from Crypto.com in May, and they send you $10.5 million. What do you do? Well, this is the dilemma that some Australian women had when they asked for a refund of $100 from Crypto.com and were sent $10.5 million. Crypto.com says that this case is currently before the courts. Well, the sister's decision was not to notify Crypto.com and instead go buy a house worth $1.35 million and then transfer $10.1 million into a joint account 
and make it rain. So Crypto.com, they only noticed this mistake in December, which is seven months after they sent the money. A listener wrote in and says that they should keep the money and that Crypto.com should have a system in place that flags transactions over $10,000, which makes total sense. And it makes you think about what's happening in Crypto.com. Do they actually have any systems or protocols or standard operating procedures that protects funds? I mean, what employee is allowed to send $10 million transfers? I mean, even if it's a big billion dollar company, $10 million transfers should at least go across the CFO's desk, if not the CEO's desk. A DeFi exchange on Solana accidentally bricked itself and locked up $661,000 forever. The team wrote a post-mortem report saying that we had an update to our Solana program code, so our deployer tied up the upgrade of the Optify program on Solana. However, we accidentally used the Solana program to close command, resulting in our Optify program on the mainnet being unfortunately closed. Basically, a coding error locked up everybody's money. However, they said that they're going to refund the money. With that said, 95% of that money was in employees, so I guess they kind of had to. Still on Wednesday, OpenSea announced the integration of Layer 2 scaling solution Polygon into its Seaport protocol implementation. OpenSea says that not only will you save 35% in gas fees for transactions, but Seaport on Polygon enables the launching of several new features on Polygon, including collection offers, no listing thresholds, multiple creator payouts, and bulk transfers. And finally on Wednesday, the Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy at the House Committee on Oversight and Reform Yikes, that's a long one. Set letters to Coinbase, FDX, Binance.us, Kraken, and KuCoin. And they asked five questions. Those five questions were, what tools, including but not limited to code audits, security protocols, or incident reporting systems does Binance, and this is going to each of them, but this one just is for Binance, does Binance currently have in place to mitigate the risk of fraud or other criminal activity? Number two, what mechanisms does Binance have in place to ensure that individuals selling, purchasing, or investing in digital assets are made aware of the re- relevant risks? Number three, what mechanisms, such as insurance covering fraud or other criminal acts, does Binance have in place to ensure that individuals harmed while using your services are recompensated? Number four, for the topics and questions one through three, what mechanisms does Binance have in concrete plans to implement? By when does Binance intend to have those mechanisms in place? And number five, what actions do you believe the federal government can do or take to assist cryptocurrency exchanges in combating fraud and scams? Moving to Thursday, OpenSea said they're exclusively supporting the proof-of-stake NFTs on Ethereum. They're not going to support other forks or chains. California became one of the first states to require cryptocurrency-related businesses to obtain special licenses to operate in the state. Crypto Wendy O had some words about this. She tweeted, Breaking news! California is a welfare state and wants us all to be poor, so Daddy Know Some and Puslosi can thrive in their ivory towers. And this is a reply to Coindesk's tweet California's new crypto license bill would prohibit the use of stable coins unless they are issued by a bank. On Thursday, Crypto.com ditched a $495 million sponsorship deal with Champions League Soccer. This deal was for five seasons and worth roughly 100 million euros per season. Well, don't worry about the Champions League soccer because they have lots of sponsors, including Lay's, Heineken, MasterCard, FedEx, Sony, PlayStation, and more. Well, Crypto.com, during the bull, they were making it rain. They had too much money on hand. For example, they paid $700 million to change the name of LA Lakers home to Crypto.com Arena. 
they threw $100 million at Formula One and $100 million at Matt Damon to create our infamous commercial fortune favors the brave. And moving into Friday's news, KyberSwap joins the list of DeFried projects to suffer a front-end exploit, which is very surprising. KyberSwap has been around for a while, and they have never been hacked, I don't think. Um, I actually saw the team in Singapore. The hack was on its website and quickly identified and fixed within a few hours. Actually, Loy Lu, Kyber's co-founder, tweeted, This is the first time a hack happened to us after five years. Wow, that is pretty impressive. Before the fix, however, the hacker was able to move $265,000. The Ethereum merge is cause for celebration, Consensus announced yesterday. Consensus partnered with artist Chris Skinner and animation firm Keith City Group to design NFTs celebrating the Ethereum merge. We're going to see what those look like when they pop out. Ethereum name service touts its third highest monthly revenue as merge approaches. They tweeted this, August 2022 stats for ENS, 301,000 new .eth registrations, a total of 2.17 million names, $4.7 million in protocol revenue, all goes to the ENS DAO, 2,744 ETH in revenue, third highest month, and 34,000 new ETH accounts with at least one ENS name, now bringing the total to 540,000. This next one is a red flag in my opinion. I've been talking about what happens when people shut down Bitcoin miners. We are going to get deep bare. Compass Mining, a Bitcoin mining rig service, was notified by the owner of a lucrative mining hubs 2 and 3 located in Georgia that it was shut down amid rising energy costs. Which means that the Bitcoin price is low, that even if costs are rising, they're not making enough profit. So they're shutting down. Is anybody else going to shut down? When they start shutting down, we're going to see some dominoes fall. And what to read over the weekend. The article is entitled, The Ethereum Merge is Almost Here. What Could Go Wrong? I encourage everyone to read that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until the next time we meet, happy hodling, everyone.